0: Hello, listeners. How are you all doing out there? This is Annalisa, the community youth educator of the network. Lately, there has been a lot going on in the world, and we have a feeling that for many, their mental health may be suffering, and we want to help. We wanted to get a little more information from an expert on mental health and suicide prevention on how we can do this. You see, we all play a role in helping our friends, family, and even strangers when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention. I've been seeing a lot of signs saying, we're all in this together. And what I take from that is that no one is meant to be alone in all of this. We want others to know that we're looking out for them and that we are there for them. However, while people's intentions may be positive, sometimes it's hard to know what to do or who needs extra support. So we're hoping this interview can help give some answers so that you can be able to help others better or to help yourself if you're struggling and having a hard time. Today we'll be talking to Joanna Fornwald. Joanna is a licensed clinical social worker for the town of Enfield Youth and Family Services Department. She's been in this position for the past four years and has lived in the Enfield area her whole life. She has been working with youth and families in different capacities in this area for 16 years. So she has a lot of information and a lot of passion for this local area. And we're talking to her today specifically about suicide prevention and mental health to get some answers on what people can look out for, how they can help, and some trends on what's going on right now. We're looking forward to this and know that there's going to be a lot of great information. So let's get started. Hello, Joanna. Thank you for joining us today and doing this interview. Can you tell us a little more about the work that you do?
1: Sure. Um, So thanks for asking me to chat a little bit about about suicide prevention today. So I'm a a licensed clinical social worker and I work for the town of Enfield, Youth and Family Services. Um, And basically, we do a lot of things here. um, But um, what we really do is we're, we're kind of a hub to connect people to services. Um, and so our age group is really focused on the 8 to 18 um, population. But I mean, we work with all sorts of families with, um, you know, little kids, um, you know, past when they're 18, so there's some flexibility there. So, um, you know, a lot of the work that we do is with schools, which is a lot of that is on hold right now as um, schools are not currently, you know, they haven't been open due to the coronavirus um, shutdown. Um, but a lot of it is working collaboratively with them um, around suicide and substance use prevention. Um, We work with our local police department, uh, with our juvenile review board um, to divert kids away from court when they are arrested. Um, So a lot of different things that we do. Um, And so I really have a youth focus um, because we're youth and family services. So I may talk a lot about youth and I may say youth a lot, but really um, when we're talking about suicide prevention, much of what we're talking about is, you know, applicable to everybody. Um, and so around suicide prevention, one of the things that um, I work a lot with is um, QPR, and that's Question, Persuade, Refer, and it's a training um, to help uh, people, it could be anybody, any community member, um, really um, start to identify, you know, when they might be concerned about somebody um, who might be thinking about suicide and um, taking some action to help that person. So we do a lot of that training last year. We did a ton of that training
0: in uh, our high school and with our school staff. Um, And so, you know, that's that's a big component of what we do in the community. It sounds like you do a lot of great work. How do you think that the current COVID-19 situation is having an impact on rates of suicide and youth mental health in general?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, certainly COVID-19 is exacerbating what previously existed, right? You know, if somebody um, was, um, you know, already, you know, struggling with depression or anxiety, um, this situation is certainly um, making those challenges even more difficult. We have new stressors, the stressors that we're experiencing, that we were already experiencing are more intense. Um, and unfortunately we have, you know, less access to our regular coping skills, right? It might've been, one of our coping skills might've been, you know, being around our family and friends and, now you know that's not as possible um or you know going out and and doing something in the community where now that might not be as possible um, so certainly the, those are those are real concerns um, you know also there's a of factors that that go into mental health and racist suicide um, you know we're concerned about our our youth there's been a decrease anecdotally we've heard from the department of Children and families there's been a decrease in reporting of child abuse they're not at school, and so they're not as visible in the community when they're just at home. And it doesn't mean that we're seeing less child abuse or neglect, just not getting reported. So, you know, we're concerned about our kiddos who are you know, potentially in stressful family environments. Um, we're concerned about their parents who are, you know, dealing with 24 seven childcare and distance learning. Um, we've also anecdotally heard from our local mental health providers that they've seen a decrease in referrals as well. And I don't think that that necessarily means that, you know, there's less mental health issues right now. Um, I heard on a webinar somebody talk about how we're really just in the eye of the storm right now. And so in the eye of the storm, things can be pretty calm, Mm -hmm. um, but things will pick up. You know, people are, you know, the longer that this goes on, um, the more stressors that build up. um, I think we're going to be seeing more people reaching out for services. Um, you know, we've also got other concerning things that are happening. The sale of alcohol and the sale of guns is increasing. Um, that those absolutely are risk factors for mm-hmm. um, for suicide. Um, and so I'm saying all of this, but despite all of this, there really is—it's it, too soon to tell. There's really no clear data right now that shows that there's an increase in suicide rates because of COVID-19. It's just been too soon to tell, you know, that there's a direct yeah. correlation there. But we are you know, really concerned, um, you know, that that we know that people are stressed out right now. I'm sure as as I'm I'm experiencing that myself, you know, the the increased stress of of, of all of these things. So I think also um, just wanting to mention that, you know, COVID-19 has also just, you know, highlighted the ongoing disparities that we have in this country for black people. And so um, recent data that I looked at shows that rates of uh, youth suicide and suicide attempts um are increasing in this racial group, or they were already increasing in this racial group, and even in the youngest age group of um five to twelve, which is really concerning. So mm-hmm. when you combine this with the fact that, you know, there's systemic racism is a huge factor in our medical and behavioral healthcare system. Um, you know, and we really don't have there black black therapists really make up a very small proportion of our providers. Um and there's justified mistrust in engaging with this system, you know, we're mm-hmm. just really worried about um, about that you know, group that has the historical trauma, and now this mass trauma of COVID nineteen. Um, so, so that's a long answer to that question, but um, certainly, and I don't think I think there's lots of other factors too. But um, I think everybody's just really concerned that that we're going to be seeing um, the fallout of this.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, to
1: continue for a long time.
0: It's a very challenging time, and really hard to predict what's going on.
1: True. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. That's, we've been struggling trying to figure out, even within our own community, what exactly is going on with people because we can't see them, you mm-hmm. know, we're they're not as visible to us. So um, really trying to figure out how people are doing and what's going on at home um, can be really
0: challenging. Going along with that, are there any warning signs that friends or family might notice, including if they can't necessarily be around the person? What are some ways that they could figure out some things going on? Yeah. So when
1: we do QPR training, um, again, that's question, persuade, refer. One of the uh, things that we talk about first is looking for these warning signs, because oftentimes when somebody is um, thinking about suicide, um, we're going to see a change in their behavior. We're going to see a change in the way that they're talking, um, and so we can pick up on those things if we know what to look for. Um, so really, you know, any anything that somebody says that is indicating that they might be thinking about suicide or ending their life, um, we need to make sure that we take those things seriously. You know, things like, oh, I just I, I would rather not be here anymore, or this is all getting to be too much. I just want out. Like sometimes it's not direct, but Still, if you hear a, a comment like that, um, that's something that you want to say, well, wait a minute, what did you mean about that? Like, can you, can you tell me exactly what you, you meant when you said that? We really just want to be curious, you know, about our, about our loved ones, about our family and friends. Um, and then, you know, so that's the things that people might say and then there's things that, that people might do when they might not even be realizing that they're doing them, right? We might see that there's a change in their behavior, there's a change in their mood, they don't seem like themselves, they're more irritable or angry, Um, You know, they might withdraw from us. So even, you know, they might not be responding to our messages, our text messages, or they might not be calling us back when normally they would have done that. Um, They might be posting some really concerning things on social media that we always want to take seriously. Um, You know, so talk about suicide, talking about feeling trapped, talking about feeling hopeless. If you happen to know that they're using substances, uh, we're concerned about them because they just don't seem to really have any interest doing anything and again during COVID 19 this is hard because there's not many things we
0: can yeah, be doing
1: that you know is going out and about but but they've just really withdrawn you know from their life. Um, and on top of that if they've had some recent stressors and again COVID 19 a lot of stressors mm-hmm. um, but you know all of these things you know kind of are things that we need to be looking for and if you're even
0: the slightest bit concerned you know it's it's something that you should you know do a little bit more investigating about. Yeah, it makes sense to go along with gut feelings too. If something's not quite right, feeling,
1: what could- absolutely right. Yeah, so we tell kids, you know, like you know your friends. You know, you you know, you know how your friends are and how they act. And we're not talking about like one day they have a bad day. You know, we're talking about like they just really have not been seeming like themselves. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 if you're concerned, your gut is probably right.
0: What could someone do if they're worried about a friend or loved one and how could they start a conversation if they think one needs to happen?
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, one of the things that we um, want to make sure people know is that suicide is 100% preventable. Um, you know, so that's why we do the QPR training is because there's so much that we can do um, to start talking to people about what's going on with them. So. Really, the best way to do it is just to ask Ask a question. If you're concerned, ask them um, directly. You know, are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? Um, you know, or, you know, sometimes people might feel like, you know, that, w- that would be difficult to do. And it, and it might be. And you might be uncomfortable. But I'd rather be um, uncomfortable and have my friend be a little bit, you know, upset with me if that wasn't what it was that they were talking about. We could fix that. But I can't mm-hmm. fix that if you're not here. Like, I can't. Um, You know, I can't live with myself if I don't ask the question, so I'd rather be uncomfortable asking that question and potentially really helping somebody, um, you know, get connected to the help that they need. So ask the question directly or if you need to do it indirectly, you know, you can just kind of say, you know, sometimes when people get really stressed out, like you seem to be, you know, they think about suicide, I'm just wondering, you know, is is that what's going on for you? or in whatever way you know you feel comfortable doing it and you might have to practice that we try to talk to people in qpr training about about practicing it because it's simple but it's not always um you know easy for us to overcome these uncomfortable feelings or the stigma around mental health um so practice it um you know offer hope because hope is really what prevents suicide people when they're thinking about suicide or feeling really hopeless um, and so, anything that we can do to just offer some hope, to say, "Hey, I'm here with you. I'm I'm gonna stay with you, even if that means on the phone or on Zoom or whatever it is. Like, uh, we'll get through this together." Um, you know, those kinds of things, just to really sit with them um, in whatever is going on with them and listen and, and, and offer them, um, you know, some hope is is what we is what we ask people to do. And then, you know, once you've done that, um, you know, we don't expect people, especially kids. Right to um, you know solve this problem for this person or or be their therapist or anything like that. We we want to ask people after you've kind of you know sat with this person, you know, try to get them to a professional who can who can help them. Try to be that warm handoff. Say I'll go with you to the to the appointment or let's make the call together. Um, and so there's lots of resources um, for kids. Um, you can call two one one and two one one is a number that will get you to a real person. Um, that will um, you know, kind of go through a series of questions and they will come out to you and meet you wherever you're at um, and do an assessment and, and really just try to connect you to some um, services that can help with whatever it is that you're going through. Um, there's also the Crisis Text Line because lots of kids would rather text. Mm-hmm. Um, and that number is 741741 and they're available 24 seven. And then uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273 8255. So that's really what you want to do. If you want to sit, you want to listen, ask a question, offer hope, um, and, and then connect them to, to somebody who can do more ongoing
0: um, help. Those are great tips. Is there anything you hear of people doing that would be better to avoid or that they shouldn't say in these situations?
1: Yeah. So really, you know, I've just sort of said, you know, like, do anything, right? But really, the one thing we don't want you to do is, um, you know, to ask the question in a question in a judgmental way that shuts the person down. So you wouldn't want to say to somebody, you know, you wouldn't do something stupid, would you? Because that's really just gonna shut somebody down. It's really a yes or no question, first of all. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's thinking about suicide, they're probably already having some really negative thoughts about themselves. And so for us to reinforce that by saying, you wouldn't do something stupid, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that because that's just gonna, that's not gonna open up to the conversation. That's not gonna open them up to sharing how they're really feeling because they're now feeling judged by us. So we definitely don't want to do that. Um, we don't want to downplay what's going on with them or not take it seriously or think like, oh, that person was just joking around with what they just said. We really want to take like all signs of suicide seriously because we know that people who talk about suicide may, they try to take their lives. So we really want to take it every time somebody says something, we want to take it seriously. Um, and try to be as non-judgmental as possible. Try to open up communication um, and and also to not see suicide as, as the problem, right? Like suicide isn't the problem right now. Suicide is just the, the, the thing that this person thinks in this situation is their only solution to their problem. They can't see any other solutions to the problem in front of them. Um, and so we really, again, just want to, you know, sit with them, be with them, um, and try to be, you know, as as judgment-free as possible.
0: Those are good points. If someone listening was struggling themselves, what could they do to get support?
1: So um, again, you know, there's lots of resources, but you know, um, when we talk to kids, we say, you know, think about now when you're not in a moment of crisis, right? Think about who your trusted adult would be. Who would be that person that you feel you could go to um, and they would listen? help you um, and so for adults that could be your trusted person right you know who is your person um, that that you know you really feel like um, you know it's always there for you um, so reach out to that person and, and don't keep it in you know there's lots of help and there's lots of hope um, we know that the right treatment is very effective in managing depression and anxiety um, and other mental health concerns. Um, so we really want to make sure that um, you know we get people Connected and and so really um, you know, just reaching out for support again the crisis text line two one one the national suicide prevention lifeline um, but again thinking in your life is there a friend doctor teacher faith person um, the network you know anybody that you know you um, have have trust with that you know can help you get connected to that next that next level of help is really important. Um, so, so that's, you know, we, again, we just want to make sure that, um, you know, people are, there's lots of, there's lots
0: of resources out there. We just need to make sure that people know about them. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. So sometimes we hear in articles, a connection between bullying and suicide, especially with kids, but I imagine this could also happen with adults. Could you tell us more about that and the overlap?
1: Yeah. So, I mean... I guess I'll start, I'll start this response with, you know, bullying is, is bad. Um, bullying is, is bad, it should not happen. If bullying is happening, we definitely want to make sure that it gets reported to the right people so that we can address whatever is going on. Um, but what ends up happening in the media is that they really focus on the bullying as the cause of the suicide. And what we know is that bullying is not, a, does not have a direct correlation on suicide. There Are plenty of people who have been bullied and they do not go on to attempt suicide or die by suicide, right? But we know that bullying is one factor of many other factors when, in combination with all these other things, underlying mental health concerns, stressors in their lives, um, you know, that bullying in combination with those things can be one of the, the reasons that somebody might feel really hopeless. I mean, we know that bullying is significant in kids' lives, um, it's sort of become a 24-7 thing where, you know, they can't really escape when they leave school because they've got social media um, that they're, you know, constantly engaging in and, you know, it's kind of a constant presence for them. But again, um, you know, there are many, many layered factors to what goes into someone feeling so hopeless that they feel like their only um, response to dealing with that problem is thinking about suicide. So. Um, you know, it is a factor, but just you know want people to know that it's it's one factor of many and there's no direct correlation, um, you know, one-to-one correlation between bullying
0: and, and suicide. Well, that's good to know. And another kind of complicated angle we hear sometimes with the people we work with is that while well, it's we definitely encourage people to take suicide seriously all the time. Sometimes we have people in unhealthy or abusive relationships where they have a partner that's threatening to kill themselves if they try and leave the relationship. What could someone do in a situation like that where they do want to take it seriously, but they also want to be able to get out of that relationship? Yeah. So, I mean, this is
1: definitely, you know, this is definitely a tough one and, and you guys actually are, are probably, um, you know, positioned to answer this question better than me. So maybe you can, uh, you know, respond to my responses and help me. <laughs> um you know kind of figure out how how we should deal with this but i mean my my thought is um you know when they're telling you on the airplane to put your mask on before anybody else's right Mm -hmm. i sort of have that mentality if you're in an unhealthy situation um you really have to take care of yourself first um you know you it is not your job to keep someone else alive it's your job to keep you alive and if that is um Something that you have to make a decision between. My response would be: you need to you need to focus on yourself first, and you can also access any of those other um, you know resources that we talked about. You can um, you know call in a professional to get help. You can call nine one one if somebody is threatening suicide and you think that they're um, you know going to imminently harm themselves. You call nine one one, and um, you know the police and EMS will come out and assess that person and get them to help if needed. Or you know, get yourself to be in a safe situation and call two one one or call a suicide prevention lifeline and and, and you know let them um, you know kind of help that person. But if you need to keep yourself healthy um, and put that mask on first, I think that that's um, kind of the message that we need to um, that we need to tell people. Because again, you can't help anybody else if you're if you're not well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So I don't know if if you have any other thoughts about that, though, because I'd be interested to hear um, from your perspective if if that is kind of what you guys um, share with people.
0: Yeah, that's very similar. We do try and encourage people that if somebody is having those thoughts that it's important to take it seriously, but staying in the relationship isn't going to be what helps them. So trying to get them professional help or connect it to somebody else is going to be much better for both people. So that yeah, they can definitely. get out and so that the other person's getting support. Cause if somebody really wants is going through that uh, the relationship isn't going to be the thing that that we think makes it. Cause like you said, there's that whole combination of factors with mental health and different things going into it too. Right. So yeah, we do
1: tra-
0: absolutely. Yeah, so we do try and encourage them to call two one one or the police or somebody that the person has as their trusted person if they're really close with their parents or a friend or something maybe getting them involved instead.
1: Yeah, absolutely right there like I said it's not it's not your only your job to keep somebody else alive that is not your job you know there's lots of other people out there that can help this person you know for you to feel like you have to take that on yourself Um, you know is in and of itself not healthy right? um, Yeah, but that is very difficult when people are, um, you know, in a
0: relationship that is, um, you know, unhealthy. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle because they feel so much responsibility in that situation. So you want to try and help them see that there's other options.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think people also just, you know... um, like I said, just like have to think about that, that analogy of like putting a mm-hmm. mask on yourself first. And it's not selfish. It's not selfish yeah. to take care of our own um, well being
0: first if, mm-hmm. if we're in a situation that, that's unhealthy. Yeah, so. that's a good way to think about it. So you did mention earlier about suicide being preventable. Is there anything that the general public can do to help prevent it, even if they maybe don't know somebody that's going through this?
1: Yeah, so there's lots of things that we can do um, to, to, to um, help prevent suicide. So, and actually, I would, I would argue that, like, even if you don't know somebody who, is, who has um, struggled with um, suicide, and you probably do, you just don't realize it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so um, there's lots of people that, that are out there struggling, and they're just um, afraid to talk about it. They're afraid of our judgment, they're afraid, um, you know, what we're going to think of them or what we're going to say to them. Um, so I would say it's, prob- it's probably pretty likely that you know somebody who has experienced this situation. Um, so really, just normalizing talking about mental health um, to decrease the stigma around mental health and increase people seeking help. Right? We should be able to talk about suicide in the same and our mental health the mm-hmm. same way that we do about cancer or heart disease or anything like that. Right? These are all health conditions that can result in death. Um, And we talk about cancer and heart disease, diabetes very openly. And we check up on people who have cancer and heart disease and diabetes. We ask them how they're doing. And so we should be doing the same exact thing for people who are struggling with their mental health um, or who have recently been hospitalized for for a a suicide attempt. Reach out to them. See how they're doing. Send a card the same way you would If they were going through some sort of other medical um, treatment, right? So, um, so that's really important. That's something that people can do um, to again just normalize talking about mental health. Um, And then, you know, the other thing that people can do um, if they are um, wanting to is to go to a QPR training. Again, QPR is question, persuade, refer. and right now, it's a little, it's a little bit more challenging, right? Because we are in a time when um, we can't all physically be together. And um, so, any of the QPR trainings that we had planned on the books for the community um, did get canceled when COVID nineteen um, you know shut everything else down. Um, currently, um, we QPR Institute is allowing um, virtual trainings to happen just during the pandemic. It is not a best practice. Because Again, you would imagine that if we're talking about suicide, oftentimes we see that a few people in the room, um, you know, have had a personal experience and may be triggered by it and need some support um, during or after the training. And in a virtual uh, format, that can be a little bit challenging. And it's not to say that we can't do it, but um, again, it's not the best practice. Mm-hmm. They do want to get those QPR trainings out to people. So they are allowing it to happen virtually right now with a lot of um kind of checks the balances on, on what needs to happen we haven't offered that yet um because we're trying to figure out how that would work for us and, and our comfort level with it but when we are able to do them in person again um, we do offer trainings in the community we did one at calvary presbyterian church back in the fall um, and i believe we were planning to do one at hazard hazardville methodist church um, but that one got canceled in march um, Know, but if somebody is personally interested in QPR, um, they can go to um, the website qprinstitute.org, and there is a um, online training that they can do. I think it costs twenty nine ninety five to do it. So, um, you know, or you can wait until we, we get them back up and going in person. Um, or certainly if anybody has any questions about qpr or what more they can do to get involved because we do have a lot of suicide prevention efforts in the town of enfield Um, they can always give us a call at youth services and we can talk to them about how to get more involved we have a really great community here in enfield um, of people who um, have been working for a really long time on suicide prevention um, because unfortunately our community has um, had some losses in the past Mm Uh, eight years um, that really um, spearheaded all of this community work around suicide prevention. And so we have a great um, coalition of of people that work within the town, our schools, our police department, PMS, our local mental health, um, our faith community and our town folks um, really working together. Um, And that's really the only way to do it, right? It doesn't rest with just mental health people to deal with mental health. We really all have to be, it it intersects with all of these different groups. So really the best way to address it is um, by getting everybody together and figuring out where your piece is. And um, Enfield, we really have a great great group working. Whenever we go anywhere and talk about what's going on in Enfield, other towns are like, how did that, how did you Mm -hmm. guys get to do that? How did that happen? Tell us how to like replicate this. And it's really hard for us sometimes to even talk Mm -hmm. about how you replicate it because it really is about you know the relationships that we have in this community and the the way the wonderful way that everybody has um you know worked together to really come together around this issue so um if anybody is interested in, in getting more involved in the suicide prevention work that we're doing in the town they can always reach out to us and we will figure out you know a way to get them involved
0: that sounds great Do you have any tips for people to stay mentally healthy during all the current stress with all the things going on lately?
1: Yeah, so um, (laughs) this is a tough question, right? Because (laughs) yeah, there's lots of things that we can still do. Um, So really, what I would say is, you know, instead of like reinventing the wheel and trying to figure out like, you know, okay, everybody else is now, you're like doing all these things, so I need to be doing all these things. You know, what can i do all that home just do what worked for you before <laughs> whatever has worked for you before whatever your coping skills were before see if you can still try to engage in them yes some of them are going to be impacted right but you know we don't want to you know say oh i've never done yoga before so now I'm gonna if you want to take up yoga great but if it's going to stress you out more to try to figure out like learning new coping skills just go back to whatever worked for you before you know mm-hmm. i think focusing on eating and sleeping um, it's really important because sometimes when we're stressed out, we forget to do those things and then our body is like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like we have the response that we get sick or we feel terrible, you know, making sure that you're, you know, hydrating and you're eating three meals a day. And, um, you know, if your sleep is problematic that you try to you know, focus on that or reach out to a professional if your sleep is not great. Um, you know, that's really important. Um Certainly focusing on like physical exercise, it does not have to be going to the gym. It could be, you know, I went for a 10 minute walk and that was, you know, for me, that was helpful. Um, I think there's still lots of ways we do need to connect, you know, um, because I think isolation, um, I don't know if i said this before, but you know, isolation really is um, a key factor in people feeling, the effects of depression, right? Mm-hmm. We are social beings as as human beings. We, we wanna be around each other and being socially isolated from others um, is really, really difficult. And so there's lots of ways to connect. I think people are getting really creative about this, mm-hmm. um, you know, through Zoom or FaceTime, texting, um, you know, emailing, regular letters. I mean, any of these things go a really long way. Um, just having that human connection. You do have to kind of be purposeful about it. I know myself and my friends are getting together every single Thursday at eight thirty, and we talk for two hours and on Zoom, and and we haven't missed one since like March, and it's actually something that we've really looked forward to because you get to have that that um, that interaction that you're used to, you know, with with your people, and um, I think that's really important. So.
0: Yeah, that's a good
1: idea it's not just about us like sometimes i think we focus on what's going on with us but like reaching out to other people and seeing how they're doing is great for them and it's also great for us so like reaching out to some of your older family members who might be really isolated um or some people that you haven't talked to in a while and just saying like hey how you doing just touching base you know can really go a long way towards their their mental health and also yours, you know, like helping other people is something that also makes them feel good. So, um, you know, I think that they can be really simple things. I've heard a lot of people taking up, feeling like they have all this like free time now. I don't know who those people are because they obviously don't have kids, (laughs) but um, they have all this free time now and they're using it to like, you know, read and do yoga and take up a new hobby. And I don't have time for that. I don't know many people that do. So again, I would just say like, whatever worked for you before, really
0: just trying to maintain connections is is really the most important thing those are great ideas thank you so much
1: yeah absolutely
0: thank you so much joanna for all that great information we really are lucky to have a resource like you in our community as you can hear by listening there is a lot of hope and there are so many options and resources We will write some of them in the written part of this podcast too, to make it easier for you to find them. If you have any questions or feedback, please send them our way. We always want to make this the best it possibly can be for you. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you all have a wonderful day.